Hello and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy and I'm here alongside Andy Steiger and we are just the two of us today. We have sent Steve somewhere. <laughs> this is good. This is actually the this is actually the first time. Yeah, apart from the the interview, me. the original interview. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. No, it's good. Over the last kind of last week just really trying to there's always things going on, but it's always this interesting like navigating of like, okay, do we address this again? Do we speak about this again? Um, it does. It does feel like we're on a cultural merry-go-round, doesn't it? Where the same issues just keep coming back and back. And and truthfully, man, I think one thing that everybody in this culture right now needs to be careful of is it can it can be so easy to become incredibly entrenched in negativity. Yeah, yeah. You you find yourself becoming pretty cynical. You know, like I've but I've also had to very intentionally have people just just tell people hey man i i can't talk about this today or or, or for you know for whatever reason i'm just like i th- it's just i know it's going on it's awful it's horrible but i just really don't want to go in this circle again cuz the truth is it's people aren't ready to really have this conversation the way it needs to be had and the best thing i can do is be there to support others but for me I'm not going to be engaging in the conversation right now. And and it's just, it's been healthy for me. Oh, I've had my my fair share of that as well, where somebody, you know, is frustrated about something new with COVID or whatever. I'm like, ah, I just need to take a time out here. I, <laughs> uh, let's yeah. talk about something else. Like the sun is out. It's beautiful. We're coming up on summer. Uh, I, I just, it, you know, I don't know about you, but I have these moments too where, you know, the soul just gets heavy and you just, yeah. need, you just need some time with the Lord. Where and for me, I call this recharging the spiritual batteries, if you will, uh, mm. and and I think each person needs to figure where where is that place for you that you can you know recharge that you that you fill back up, if you will, and and for me that's the outdoors. That's why you'll see so much on my social media that you know my wife and my kids and I are off hiking somewhere. New yep. and and whatnot, because that 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 for us is is a healthy place for us to grow, and and as well for me, just spend time with the Lord in prayer. Uh, those are key moments for me. Yep, same thing, same thing for us. Where we love we love our hiking. My wife is always the sun is out, and the moment she she sees it, she's like, "Babe, it's time," <laughs> and it's like, "All right." <laughs> We're going on a trail walk, and I really enjoy that. It's sometimes getting yourself on them, but I always I love trail walks, and so I mean that's one of the big things about being in BC that I love. But hey, we wanted to get into this topic today, and it's just in the realm of exchanging our dreams for God's dreams. And thinking on it, I didn't want to do something that felt so open and generic. You know, just what's your purpose? I mean, well, there's a lot of. Uh, layers to that. But when I was thinking about this topic, I just reflecting a little bit on even my own life and how there have been very specific things I've had to lay down in my life. In no way, shape or form are those things easy. It isn't always 2020. Sometimes I still look back and I'm like, man, what would have happened? I guess I'll never really know. But I have peace now. So what do you think about that, Andy? Well, don't don't you feel in some regards and and I'm and I listen I am coming at this from my own experience here like <laughs> I'm just as guilty of this as anyone else uh but you know it's the it's the cultural fomo 
uh, mm. the fear of missing out, right? Like, it seems to me that this is a cultural phenomenon. It's a personal phenomenon. This is an issue that we have where I, I think you're you're absolutely right. There's a, actually, by the way, there's an interesting movie called Sliding Doors that plays on this a little bit where this lady, uh, you know, she's coming up onto the subway and the door's sliding. And, and this movie diverges from this point where it's like, okay, what track would her life be on if she missed the subway? And what track would her life be on if she got on? Uh, that subway, and right. I think I think you and I, you know, just as people in general, sometimes we really get caught up in that question of the yeah. the what ifs. Is that is that what you're getting at, Troy? Yeah, because like I um I remember back in Bible college, it was probably the first time anyone really asked me, "Hey, what's your life verse?" I was like, "My life verse," and you know, me being an arrogant Bible college kid, I was like, "Uh, the Bible, all of it." <laughs> <laughs> And they take, were like, take that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the, you know, Jesus and like, okay, well, yes, he is the answer. Um, but they were like, no, really think about, you know, just what, what is a verse that kind of, when you look at your story, you want to, something you want to stand on and you can stand on from season to season. And so I, I went, I prayed about it and I remember, um, being led to, you know, look into Proverbs and I, I've settled on Proverbs 16, nine. And I, I've carried this verse with me my, my entire life. I'll share it with you listeners. It's uh, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. I am a dreamer. I dream big. I dream small. When I get, uh, when I get stagnant in an idea, it doesn't take very long for me to think of, of something else. Like, oh, man, you know, talking to my wife, I'm like, babe, it'd be really cool if we did this. What if we did that? Or... In the arts world, I'm like, it'd be really cool to maybe we'll do a video like this. Maybe we'll do a song like that. I'm a dreamer. Let me let me ask you. I gotta stop. I gotta pause you right there, Troy. I put a so put a, put a pin in that. Don't don't get lost. Yeah. But I gotta ask you, like, it, your wife, like, does she get exhausted listening <laughs> to to the dreams? Because because I resonate with you. I'm a dreamer as well. My wife and I have a hot tub. You could call it the dream tub. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's times where she's just like, Andy, I got to stop you right there. I I've listened to lots of dreaming going on, but uh, yeah. I could take I could take no more. Does that right. happen in your family? I wouldn't I wouldn't say she gets uh, she, she gets tired, but she definitely knows how to weed out the bad ones. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the ones that are very like um, situational or they're impulsive, like we should go do this. And she's like, OK, well. Um, what if we didn't, and instead we did this other thing, which makes way more sense right now. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then we could do this thing. And she does this thing where magically it's become my idea, even though it's just common sense. <laughs> um, but, but even with that, like, I, I think that is the beauty of, of, of our wives, right? Like yeah. they are a blessing for a host of reasons but i think for like creatives and visionaries or people who are pursuing entrepreneurship you need and you're married you need a spouse that can be can really dial you in because i can wind myself up and just shoot off so no they definitely tether you to the ground and i find this is it's interesting how how similar uh, our wives are in this with with my wife nancy she's very similar in that way as well where she She's much more about, you know, the pragmatics, like, you know, how is this going to happen sort of thing. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. We're, we're coming up on 20 years of marriage here. So wow, she's, she's, thank you. So she's, she's heard a lot of the dreaming. And, yeah. you're, and one of the things that she's, you know, 
had to get used to over the over the years, and maybe this will be an encouragement for some of you listeners. You know, sometimes when somebody's a dreamer, you just need to listen. Not all dreams mm. will be acted upon. Yeah. Sometimes that person just needs to process those dreams. But clearly in your life, Troy, and in mine, there are dreams that have been pursued. Mm-hmm. You know, but only like maybe 10% or less. <laughs> But there yeah. were there were ninety percent of really terrible dreams that were abandoned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's what's your your personal process of like sifting through some of like the good ones and the bad ones through, like through the years? Because I know it, it can change depending on your what what stage of life you're in. Like the way I look at dreams now with kids is very different than the way I looked at them when I was single or even when we were first married. Yeah, this has been a like a journey for me as I've process through how, how to do this. So I'll, I'll first just start with this as we get into this. And I'd say there are three things that, and, and maybe listeners have heard me talk on this before, when you're, when you're pursuing the future, I think there's three things that you need to keep in tension. The first one is this, you need to get your relationship with the Lord right. Yeah. Like that is foundational. Don't, don't, do not take one step into the future Right, without making sure your relationship with the Lord is is right, and so I w- I would just encourage people take take a moment to see okay where am I at with the Lord am I in a healthy place with the Lord, and then when that is right, I, I believe firmly that you are free to follow your passions. Yeah, when your relationship with the Lord's right, because I believe that when when your relationship with the Lord is right, your desires are are God's desires. Like I, mm-hmm. I believe they're 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 connected. However, there is this there's this third aspect to this, where you need to be attentive to the Lord's leading in in this, and and that's the real monkey wrench for me that I I think would be great in this podcast if we could kind of unpack because I think yeah. this is this is where you're wanting to go. But yep. is is that is that third component where what are those moments when the Lord is opening and closing doors and am I willing to follow? Yeah, and it, see that really that does come exactly to um, you know Psalm one forty three verse ten where it says, "Teach me to do Your will, for You are my God. Let Your good Spirit lead me on level ground." And then uh, you can look again in. Romans 8, 14, it says, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is in order to be really led by the spirit, you have to understand your sonship. You have to understand your identity as a son or a daughter in Christ. Because I think about it for me, very practically, when I was younger, if there's something I wanted to do, uh, I, had, I spoke to my parents. You know, I, I, I spoke to my dad. I spoke to my mom. And I had whatever the crazy idea was as a kid, like, mom, I'm going to jump off the trampoline. There was still this aspect of I'm going to okay this with those who I know I, I am entrusted to, those who are, are watching over me. But where the sonship really comes in is being willing to accept the no or the not right now. And that, that can be really hard, I think, for a lot of people today in this age of entrepreneurship, where a lot of it is like, kicking down doors, um, early bird gets the worm, get in, get in early or don't get in at all. Um, don't miss out. Don't, yeah, exactly. Like you said, FOMO, don't, don't miss out. And what a, what a deception that is. Let's just back up to that verse even. 
that the Lord's going to lead you on level ground, right? Now, this is, this is that kind of eye-opening moment for me with regards to the Lord opening and closing doors. As the Lord leads you, like, we have to come to this understanding. This comes back to your idea. Like, we, we are sons and daughters of the King, mm-hmm. right? But, and we have to understand our place as children of God in that we need the Lord. See, this, this is one of the challenges that we have. And if you've done any construction, you understand that you need tools, particularly you need a level because mm-hmm. you don't know what level is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. We, yeah. we just don't. And there are so many things that put us out of level and that culture says, oh, it's this, right? Or, or, or my desires could say, oh, it's this. And, and yet at the end of the day, what we're saying is, no, Lord, will you teach me? Will you guide me? To what is level grounded? What what do we mean by that? We're saying, Lord, you know what's going to lead to a good life. You know what's going to lead to my flourishing. So I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to follow you in this. Now I I should just make this caveat real quick here. That that does not mean so many people think. Oh, that means the Lord's going to not lead you into suffering or something to that effect. No, 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 no. It does not. It does not mean yeah. that. And there can be challenges. And and I want to get into some of those uh, in the show, but I'll, I'll pause there. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Don't think that that, but that, but don't think that suf- that that flourishing can't come through suffering. I mean, I see. I've seen that throughout my my entire life. Like even the fact of us moving to BC, it cost us something. Like our daughter had just turned one, and she was the first grandkid on my wife's side. And so, you know, the I, I remember. When we first told, you know, my wife's parents, hey, we're, we're moving, we're, we believe the Lord is leading us to BC. We, I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like. We're going to go be part of a new church plant and just see what God has for us. But I just know this is where we're supposed to go. And it was hard to look people in the face and say, you know what? I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we're going to follow the Lord. And that was the only thing I could stand on because ultimately as a husband, I'm, I want to cover my family. I want to protect my family. I understand fully, specifically, you know, with my, 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 my wife and her family, like that's their daughter. And now their, their grandchild who just turned one is going to be moving to, you know, two provinces away. It was a lot, you know, I'd love to say that when we got here, everything was just smooth sailing and just, oh yeah, it was sunshine and rainbow. No, it was, it was, there was a lot of sunshine and rainbows because it's BC, but in our own lives, like I didn't have a job. I had to, I had to find a job. I remember, you know, I, I, there was one, my first job that I found out here, I worked maybe three days a week getting barely above minimum wage. And you can't do that here. And, you know, like it it was, it was very hard. Um, but I was grateful that I did come into a community of people that, that did care for us, that did, you know, did take care of us as best they could, but were constantly leading us back to, back to Christ and reminding us to stand on the word that the Lord gave you to, if he brought you, he's going to keep you. Yeah, it, it, it can be challenging. You know, this reminds me of when I started Apologetics Canada. I, it, this is just such an interesting illustration of what we've been talking about, because I had gone down to Biola University to complete my master's degree. My wife and I, both, when we came to faith in Christ, my wife and I fell in love with missions. 
Very mm. different kinds of missions, interestingly enough. My wife, Nancy, did a lot of missionary work down in inner city LA. And I wow. had done a bunch of mission work out in remote parts of the Andes Mountains in Argentina. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, in Bolivia. So you, like, just totally different. But my love for the Lord was infused in my desire to do ministry in that. And ultimately, I, I went into pastoral work, and I remember thinking, Lord, are you sure? I, I, you know, I'm supposed to be a missionary. And, and I loved working as a pastor. I love the church. And then I go off, you know, to do my master's degree. And I'm like, I'm heading off into missions, finally, right? Finally, it's time, <laughs> Lord, right? I did my pastoral time. Now I can, now I can go be that missionary that that I originally wanted to do. And then, and then the you know those who have heard our story, the Lord began to to do a work in me and began to direct me back to Canada to start Apologetics Canada to help people stay in the faith and find faith. And it was in, you know what was interesting in this Troy is I, I I my relationship with the Lord was right. I was following my passion to go into missions, but I think I needed to be attentive. By the way, God slammed many missionary doors, uh, like closed. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm applying, Troy. I'm applying to mission agencies, and they're not even responding back to me. Oh, that's that's yeah. Okay. Right? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be raising my own support here. Like th this should be an easy job to get. What is yeah. going on here? And then that was this moment where I'm like, okay, I I clearly need to spend some time with the Lord here. And that's when I began to be attentive to the doors God was opening, and and those were, those became life changing doors not only for me but but the the ministry as people were coming to faith and and growing in their faith. So my point in that is one of the things God taught me is that the Lord knows me better than I know me. Mm. So that that hits you in this weird theological position where you need to then be attentive. Not, you know, following your passions is great, but you need to be attentive to the Lord's leading because if he knows you better than you know yourself, that means that God can lead you into a place of flourishing better than you can lead yourself. Yeah, that, that's, Psalm, that's that Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. It's, you know my habits. So you even know, like, when I'm asking you something, and the way I'm asking you it, where my heart is really at, mm. you know, it's like, it's like our kids, like they come to you, um, daddy, I was wondering, and you can always kind of tell by the tone, whether it's like, what do you want? Why are you, why are you all of a sudden cuddling me right now? Like my, my daughter's three and I'm already reading her, you know, just like, what do you, what do you really want? And I, and I think sometimes the Lord laughs at us like that too, in our aspirations where it's like. Hey God, I just, I just want to do your work like this, specifically mm. this <laughs> and nothing else, nothing else outside of this. <laughs> I always, I always love the Lord, make me a billionaire. Cause I'm telling you the ministry I could do for you, <laughs> you know? yeah. but hey, yeah. here's one that here's an interesting theological, you know, challenge in this that, um, that I was introduced to by, uh, William Lane Craig. So a lot of apologists know Dr. William Lane Craig, and he's a guy that I, I adore. I, deep, I, I really respect the guy. He, he loves the Lord. He's committed to his church, and he is committed to following the Lord. And one of the things he talks about uh, is, is how God can and does use failure to do that. Mm. And, and, and a lot of people don't know this, but Dr. Craig did two PhDs. 
his first one in the UK and his second one in Germany. In his second PhD in Germany, a lot of people don't know that he failed his doctoral exam. And and he goes into, you know, why that happened. He mm-hmm. he wasn't prepared for the way if when the way that that you do what's called a viva in the UK or your defense is very different from the way you do it in Germany. So he was prepared for a UK style viva and he got a German style viva and it didn't go well. At any oh, rate, no. he he fi- fails his doctoral exam and he it sent him into a tailspin where he's like, "Man, Lord, if I'm if I'm in right, right relationship with you, I'm following my passion, I'm seeking to do ministry, I didn't think I could fail." You know, his theology was mm. you you won't fail. And now he's having to completely rethink this realizing, "No, uh, the Lord is quite happy to use failure in your life to direct you to not only his good purposes, but your flourishing. A lot of people add that in there. Yeah. But your flourishing can actually come through that failure. And in fact, he would say, he, by the way, spent a year studying, was allowed to redo it, and and then he passed his, his second time. But he says that it is that experience who made him, that made him into the the minister that he is today in the work he does. God used failure in his life. That's so cool. Uh, I think it was Tyler Perry who had a really good quote that I, I heard uh, years ago. I was watching a video of his on Instagram and he said, um, well, he was sharing about his own upbringing, his story, how he was denied by um, organ company by after company after company. He'd bring them these movies, ideas, these production companies, and they'd say, no, we don't like it. And, you know, now he's in a position where he has his own soundstage, his own studio, his own everything. And it, you know, literally came from nothing. And one of the things he said was sometimes God wants to shut every single door along your way that you have tried to open or you've tried to bust down so that when you finally get to that location, the only person you can give credit or glory is God. Because I think a lot of people aren't always willing to admit that there's a lot of places you can get and things you can achieve with just hard work. You look at the world like you don't. uh, And I say this carefully, you don't need to pursue God to be successful. If, if just being successful is the goal, you don't need to be following God. And, and, and that shouldn't be a shocking statement, but it's, it's the reality. I think that should sober us as believers that, we are just as capable of forgetting the Lord, even in a moment, even in a split decision. But now you're on this trajectory that started. The catalyst was my own desires, selfish desire. I wasn't considering the Lord. And now I'm on the other side of the fence and I'm going through turmoil. And, and now I'm like, Lord, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. How did I get here? And he's <laughs> like, well, you didn't ask me. I could have had you veer left or I could have had you negotiate that contract. That kind of leads me into this verse that we often see used, but is it is rarely given with context. Jeremiah 29, 11, yeah. starting at 10. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. Context, they are currently in exile. <laughs> but when I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for, disa- not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And I'll go down to 12. 
in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and and will bring you home again to your own land. There's a mix there, isn't it? There's there's a lot of suffering in there. You're <laughs> like it starts with you're going to suffer. Yep. You're in captivity, you're going into captivity. It's going to be 70 years of captivity in Babylon, which is which was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then uh but yeah, but I think you're absolutely right. But who who is going to be there with you? Who is going to be uh, sustaining you in this and going to be using this? And this is so key, isn't it? Using this suffering for your good. If and I think this is a big if, though, isn't it, Troy? Yeah. If you allow it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who don't allow it. They just, they just, as soon as they're in the captivity, as soon as they're suffering, as soon as they're having any sort of challenge. And let's be honest, we've all got our Babylons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are many people that that you know their their Babylon is they're gonna leave the Lord. Right. I mean, one one might even say to a certain degree that uh, you know COVID restrictions are are Babylon, and I just. The thing I love about this chapter is how the Lord doesn't pull any punches. Like, this is going to be hard. Like, this is, there is no ounce of this that is going to be easy. And I want you to know that. You, you need to know that. But you also need to know that, I, that I'm with you. Like, that, that stands out to me how much he's saying, and I will. But I, I really believe that more people need to understand, as we've, as we, as we've been saying, Walking this road with the Lord is not always going to be easy. There is no ounce of it that is easy. You just very practically, people are losing jobs. People, businesses are going out. We're all experiencing the pandemic in different ways. It doesn't mean, you know, your your business being touched by the pandemic does not mean that the Lord is not still leading you, right? I, I like to think of these things sometimes as checkpoints where it's that feeling of like, okay, I've gotten here. And maybe the checkpoint for some people is, uh, is a positive thing or it's a, or it's a seemingly negative thing, but ultimately it's what's leading you back to the Lord or should lead you into a dependency on him. Like, Lord, I don't know where we're going, but I'm going to trust you for better, or for worse. And isn't it interesting that it, it should lead you to the right sort of relationship, right? Because so often our, our desire, our, the type of relationship that we're desiring with the Lord is a bent relationship. It's actually trying to get our desires sort of relationship instead of looking to what the Lord's doing. So for, let's just take Babylon as an example. The, Israel, what do they want? Well, they don't want to be in captivity, and they want their, their land back. Like, that's the promise. Mm-hmm. But God is going to do so much more through the Jewish nation as— they get they get out of captivity, and we have a couple captivity narratives that will happen after that, where we got Persia, we got uh, the Greeks, we got the Ptolemies and the Seleucids, and and then they have their freedom, and then along comes the Romans, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in this time, we have Jesus that comes and saying, "Listen, um, the promises that God has for you is much more than this land. It goes all the way back to the beginning that." You have a relationship with the Lord that that is like I'm going to restore that relationship through faith that you can be reconciled with God. And mm-hmm. and this is 
this is one of the things that I think so many of us have to wrap our minds around. Do I think that is a a a good thing? Is that is that something that I desire most? Because the Jewish yeah. nation's like that's really great, but we want our land back, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't yeah. want to be in captivity, Jesus. And Jesus is like I'm doing more than this. Well, it's interesting because the temple ends up getting destroyed. And the mm-hmm. Jewish nation, it's still like after Jesus, they're like, you know, the Christians are flourishing and whatnot, but there's so many Jews that are like, we still want our land back. It's about yeah. the land. And they have this idea, well, God said, you know, this verse you just read in, in Jeremiah, well, God said, you know, 70 years, you'll get the temple. I mean, sorry, in 70 years, you'll be out of captivity. We were able to rebuild the temple back with Babylon, The you know. Our temple's been destroyed again now by the Romans. So 70 years later, they rebel again. Mm-hmm. And my my point in that just being that, again, they just could not bring themselves to see the bigger picture of what the Lord is doing, and and they missed it. They, yeah. They missed the Messiah They, they because of the, where their focus was. And, I, and I, that's my fear with so many people, myself included, please, myself included, mm-hmm. is that my focus gets off of Jesus. It gets onto my circumstances. It gets onto my my captivity, you know, my destroyed temples, right? And I lose sight of the bigger picture of what's going on around me. This brings me to Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true— Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And it's this, it's like modern day raising an altar to the Lord. You know, I think back to scripture often about this idea of altars. Whenever there was a a move of God, Whenever there was a, a major moment where God revealed himself um, and his power, they raised an altar there. And it was, to, it was not only to remind themselves if they were ever traveling back that way, or, but anyone else who was passing through. For people of that day, they would have known, oh man, something happened here. And you constantly are hearing stories, you know, you read in scripture about how the stories of what God did throughout the land was frightening other armies, you know, God truly is with Israel and those sorts of things. And, and I think it's, it should be good practice for us. At least for me, as an artist, this is one of my practices is usually my journal is my music, but for my wife, she has a, has a journal and she'll write down a significant moment. You know, when when she gets time away from the kids, she'll write down a significant moment about what God said or something that the Lord has has spoken that she wants to stand on. She'll write it down. And it's cool when she looks back, you know, to something she wrote four years ago. And she's like, wow, this is what I wrote four years ago. And God did it. it. It didn't look exactly the way I thought it would, but he did it. And it's just so important to do those things in this because it's, it's not like the Lord doesn't want you to have dreams and aspirations and goals. He absolutely does, but he wants you to align them with his dreams and aspirations and goals. Go be an entrepreneur. Go be a, an artist. Go be a mechanic. Go pursue whatever it is, you know, it, whatever you do, whether in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Like you were saying earlier, Andy, there take consideration of what the Lord may be desiring and align yourself with him. Get yourself around godly 
counsel and accountability, people you can bounce ideas off of. But like we we're talking about our wives, people who aren't afraid to say no to you, people who aren't intimidated by your presence or your your aura, so to speak. They're, they're not intimidated by you to say or intimidated you know, by your passion. By your exactly your passion. Like, I'm just so passionate. Great. But zeal can lead you over a cliff real quick just because you thought you could fly. <laughs> and and so I just want to encourage our, our listeners with that today. You know, there's sometimes as well that you need to meet course corrections. You're mm. you're heading along and you're 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 doing something, and you're realizing, you know what, this thing is distracting me. It is uh consuming me it's putting me in a in a in a in a bad place if you will and i and i've got to make i've got to make a course correction it my my relationship with the lord remember that's foundational it's suffering because of this thing mm. so you know it's interesting i i so i'll share i'll share one of my own uh moments where i've i'm making my own course corrections so it, i don't even know if we'll include this in the podcast but it's interesting and it speaks to the FOMO that's going on in our culture. Right now, uh, Bitcoin has just been skyrocketing, and you ca- oh. you'll hear it on the news all the time. Wow, Bitcoin hit this new high, and it hit and, you know, and, and Doge or something. Yeah, and Doge, <laughs> right? It, which they they've gone they've gone wild these last couple of days, and Bitcoin went as high as you know Canadian over eighty thousand dollars of Bitcoin, you know, and and so a, a couple of months ago, I had I had uh, put. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy partial Bitcoin. So I put some money into Bitcoin uh, a couple months ago. And I I just felt so consumed into this, you know, every day, multiple times a day, checking the price of Bitcoin as it's bouncing all over the place. And, and I wanted to make, you know, wise investments. But at the same time, I'm noticing that this is affecting my time with the Lord. It's affecting my emotional stability. And, you know, because if Bitcoin's doing well, I'm doing well. And if it's not doing well, I'm not doing well. At any rate, I've had to take some, I've had to take a serious look at at myself because I've always invested in mutual funds and those have never caused me any anxiety. But Bitcoin does, man. It it causes me anxiety. So, so at any rate, I, I, I cashed out. I'm like, I'm done. I, this, this is not worth that. It's, it is. It's having an effect on my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. So, yeah. And and it's it's interesting, right? Because I think there's so many of us that are like, oh, I've got to get into this. I got to get into this. But that it isn't all what you think it is, right? Yeah. Whatever that might be, uh, that you might fear that you're missing out on. Where I'm like, you know what? I was much better when I wasn't invested in Bitcoin. <laughs> See, that that speaks to so many levels. I remember when I first started my music career, you know, you see people like Lecrae and all these people traveling all over the world and doing concerts and people knowing them everywhere. And as a young artist, I'm like, man, I want that. It's kind of that million dollar million dollars thing. It's like, well, if that many people know me, then I must be reaching that many people for the Lord, right? But even in my own, like I am nowhere near at Lecrae's scale. But within Canada, people know who I am as an artist. And, you know, I think about my home, my hometown. If I go, you know, if I well, if I go to Winnipeg or if I go to Regina, Saskatchewan or something, um, I'm in a position now where people know who I am or on social media. Whether I like it or not, I'm an influencer, right? 
And I remember how how bad I wanted that. And now I'm in this position where I have to be very mindful of what I say and do all the time. You know, I I see some other people who can just say whatever they want and it's just whatever because maybe a handful of people are going to see it. But if I say it, there are literally thousands of people that are going to see it and make their own judgment call, but also hold me up to a higher standard because of who I say I follow. And it's just like, it's this little trick sometimes in our dreams that we, where, you know, where I get back and I say, oh, well, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I'm, I'm grateful that somewhere along the way, I stopped envying other people's platform. Uh, or at least I'm, I fight to not envy other people's platform and influence because I see in my own life the scale that even I'm at I'm like man it's there's difficulty even at this level I couldn't imagine that one where the moment you say one thing like someone says happy Easter and then you know you look at Lecrae's post he'll say happy Easter everyone underneath someone's like that's a pagan holiday why are you voting <laughs> it's like whoa like whoa come on man like <laughs> Right. People are, you know, not to rabbit trail, but that's just really what it can be sometimes is like this thing that you desire so bad, man, make sure that you are pursuing the Lord. Because if you throw yourself into your dreams, I see this term a lot. You got to throw yourself at your passions. Do not. Your passions can't save you. Your dreams can't save you. What they can do is chew you up and swallow you and spit you out like the next person look at the amount of dreamers and people that have been in hollywood or whatever who to this day now they can't get a job their mental health is shot because of the expectations on them to perform to be at this high standard it it really is a a, a solid reminder for me like lord i want to go at your pace i don't want to go get you know be trying to swim and run in in depths that i am not supposed to be in yet because i i don't have the stamina i don't have the the strength or or even the principles sometimes or the 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 habits of like you were saying like with bitcoin man i i'm consumed by this and i got friends who aren't by the way and and we know others you know people like cray who who can handle that well but like i've got friends who can handle owning bitcoin it doesn't bother them and i say Mm -hmm. god bless you I'm not that guy. I just, I realized (laughs) I'm not that dude. It bothers me. Mm -hmm. And it's weird too, because it's not even like I have very much money in there, but I've learned that I'm one of those people that, and and I didn't realize this, but with regards to investing, it's not for everyone. And I'm like, because you want Mm -hmm. to invest. And and like I said, I've got retirement stuff in mutual funds, but those are not the roller coaster ride of investing that some entrepreneurs are they can handle that. I'm not that guy. But here's yeah. my thing, though. What I'm realizing, though, is what I want to be, the kind of guy I want to be, is the is that man who keeps Jesus center in my life. I want to keep the, my relationship yeah. with the Lord right, and I'm going to keep following my passions. Now, it doesn't mean I won't make maybe a different investment or whatever. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to walk away from this going, I told you Bitcoin's evil, right? Or I, <laughs> I, I told you you shouldn't be investing, you know? No, I'm not I'm not saying that. But whatever you're doing, it's going to look different for each one of us and in different seasons of your life. Is the Lord center in your life? How is your relationship with the Lord right now? And is there something that you need to do because you know that relationship is suffering and that you need to get that relationship right before you continue following your passions and being attentive to the Lord's leading? Mhm. 
as we wrap up here, I just, I, I trust that this was an encouraging message for those who are dreamers, visionaries, who have passions, who have entrepreneurial um, goals or are doing things already in that realm, but that it would also remind you not so much of the dangers, but the, that where our focus needs to be. You won't hear from my mouth that you shouldn't have dreams and desires and goals um, that may be lofty or even the small ones. Don't discount the small ones either. But I would caution anyone who is just making impulsive decisions, who is making them based off of circumstance or, as we said at the beginning, making them out of a fear of missing out. Well, if I don't do it now, it's never going to come. If the Lord is leading you in a direction, he is going to keep you in the direction he needs to go and do all that he needs to, to keep you on that trajectory. But any runner knows that in a, in a, in a race, you, there are different levels of pace that you have to go at, at different, at different parts of the race. Sometimes you got to sprint. Sometimes you need to do a faster jog. Sometimes you almost need to walk to regain stamina to be able to keep going, but allow the Lord to set the pace for you. And I'll leave you with this, Matthew 6, 21. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Examine yourself today, listeners. Where, are the, where, where is your treasure? Where have you been putting your hope? Where have you been putting your faith? Where have you been putting your time? Where have you been putting your time? Exactly. What is keeping you awake at night? Mm. Or, you know, what is exhausting you? And just, and I, and I, and I want to encourage you to commit that to the Lord and allow him to speak to you, allow him to minister to you. Just take a step back. Maybe it's a week. You need to take a break. Whatever that is for you, just be obedient because the Lord has plans for you not to harm you before you're good. Regardless of your, whatever your Babylon is, he will establish you for the purpose of his plans. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Please make sure to like and subscribe to the AC Podcast on your preferred streaming platform. The AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. And as such, we appreciate each and every one of you who choose to tune in week after week. For those of you who have been in the loop, the AC team will be holding our next literary expedition on May 16th. The topic, Critical Race Theory, otherwise known as CRT. And we are excited to announce that we are completely full, but we found a way to still have you be part of it. Simply head over to apologeticscanada.com and sign up to receive the audio and resources from the night of the event. Thank you again for joining us today. We hope to hear from you soon. As always, love God, love people. Bye for now.